In this episode, I speak with Happy Wang, SVP of Engineering at Everbridge. We talk about how to be a people and product-focused engineering leader. Next, Happy discusses her approach to hiring at startups and career development. Finally, she shares some key points for new managers and some good book recommendations. So good afternoon. Today I have with me Happy Wang, a good friend of mine, senior woman engineering leader. So Happy, would you like to introduce yourself and tell people like what you do? Yes. So my name is Happy Wang. So I currently is a senior vice president of engineering for a global company called Everbridge. So we are a public company. We are about over 2,000 people. And my engineering organization is close to 700 worldwide, globally. So my job over there is basically is leading the global engineering organization. So the company is a very mission-driven company. We call ourselves 911 Company. It's about 20 years old. But we started this company right after 911. We are in the critical event management space. So we're using a lot of technology to pre-alerting, notify people when everything's happened, mass notification for disaster recovery, weather, Wi-Fi. You know, we, our customer is private sector and the public sector. In fact, I actually live in uh, San Mateo County, California. Uh, San Mateo County is our customer. So I don't know if people have a lot of uh, county alerts for anything happening on the traffic, Wi-Fi, vaccine distribution. It's all empowered by Everbridge platform backend. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's one of these very important companies that most people have never heard of. And you have a pretty big engineering team. Like you said, 700 people report to you. That's awesome. Wow. So maybe we'll just jump in. What are some of the highlights you would say of being an engineering leader? And maybe what are some of the lowlights of it? Yes. So highlight for engineering leaders is really try to continue to be a a strong voice to building an engineer brand, engineering culture inside a company, and also represent the company in public. And the one thing is for being an engineer leader, for me personally, it's really to see how I can help a company to transform, transform everyone going to, especially for Everbridge, it's 20 years old company, to, to bring the new like thinking about how to run technology and engineering organization, putting the right process, continue grooming the team and have a different way to thinking approach is very important. And the highlights, I personally, I'm a very people focused. I love to see engineering team grow, and especially mentor those fresh graduates, junior, middle level people to see how they accelerate their career is very rewarding. And also building a strong leadership team and seeing how people transition from an individual to be a manager and also middle level manager how they achieve the director executive level this is also very rewarding for me because my self journey is from engineer itself slowly transitioning in the last 20 years to to the position i am today and that the other leadership highlighting is really even most of the time i'm running engineer team but always very close with product business as well to really partner with um, a lot of other execs leadership team to really not only think about the technology really think about how we're building something to really deliver the customer value and those are very exciting to me as well Awesome. Yeah. So you're very into people, developing people. I think that's great. I think a lot of great engineering leaders are very people focused. Uh, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you face today as an engineering today? leader? <laughs> well, everyone probably knows is the talent war. Okay. So today it's very, very hard, especially we have so many demands on this market. It's good for the people who are on the technology side. But I think to be able to attract high talent, and the retain talent to be able to continue motivate them to do their best in their job 
it's very challenging. So this one, I would say the first challenge is, I think a lot of engineer leaders probably face the same thing is how do we actually keep the team morale up, building a high-performing team with all, all the talent grabbing on the market. Second piece is, I would say, is about you know, constantly to look at how we actually can stay competitive as a company perspective. I think the competition on the market is also super high, even for average. So we are facing a lot of new startup in the same space, right? CM for us, it took 20 years to, to build this company. We are a market leader, but now there was a lot of more, you know, resilient technology, security space, critical event management become very important, especially after pandemic. We see in the last three, four years, there was a lot of a startup coming. So the startup company, what would happen for them is they got really a cool technology. Okay. So they are very cutting edge technology. They have a great talent. They, they think about digital first, mobile first, API first. They're doing a lot of AI machine learning stuff versus, you know, Everbridge. We actually have to transform from a you know, slightly old technology stack. But we also have a lot of customer there. How can you balance to grow the revenue and you know, maintain the customer and also start to invest in new technology to keep companies still competitive? So I think those are challenges as well. Wow, yeah, those are two very good challenges. I'm gonna ask in a little bit about hiring, but just to follow up on this, do you have any advice for people who are, who are in that situation? They have a little older company in that technology, and like you said, they're having to compete with startups. It's an interesting problem yeah. to have, like how yeah. you approach it. So I was standing with the retained talent. I think there is a lot of temptation outside, especially for the engineer. For many years, I did the engineer team. I think engineer team, usually engineer care about two things. The first thing is, challenge problem to solve. Second thing is what kind of technology they're using. Are they cutting edge? Are they learning more? And the third piece, obviously, is the compensation, right? So the three pieces must motivate to actually have a good talent. So I think from the retained talent perspective, my approach is to focus on the personal goal for the individual. I think it's very important for managing. I told my leader too, you got to spend some time to understand your team, understand that even you know, every single person, what's their long-term career aspiration for them. Because people coming in to work for a company, obviously, we setting goal is to meet a company, the revenue target, deliver product, execution. But everyone has something personally, right? They want to get out of this company in four or five years. They maybe want to move to a leadership role. Maybe they want to start their own company one day. So I think to understand the people create aspiration and to help them to give them an opportunity within your boundary and then to help them to continue challenge them. That's a good way to retain people. Obviously, in a compensation structure, one thing I also care about is when I came to Everbridge, I completely revamped the comp structure. You know, I think our comp structure is not a competitive, it's not, you know, motivating people. So I think those things we, we should also look at it too. But usually money can be the number one thing that's very hard to do because we, we have a lot of company out there is it's a much better you know financial compensation package so the same apply to attract talent before average actually the last 10 years are pretty much all work at a startup you know a lot of stuff early stage stuff you don't have a very big a base pay bonus is really is on the equity, you know, option based. Obviously, when company raise more funding, we're getting more customer, then we can start to up the salary band for all the stuff. So recruiting in the um, startup, especially for early stage startup, is also very, very challenging, especially in the Bay Area. But my philosophy is, again, is looking for the people 
who is passionate about the product the company build, who is believing company mission, and also who actually can relate the technology they're working on, the product they're working on, they believe something, they personally love it, they, they feel this can give the customer better outcome, they can change the world. So I use example, Globality, I worked there for four years, I built a team from three engineer team to over you know 150 team. In the early stage when we were recruiting people, yes, we really resonate with them is about the globalization mission because the company really tried to solve in the problem is to create a lot of job opportunity you know, equally globally. So those are things are important uh, for some you know folks. They feel good about this. Those are things that most of the things we sell into and also about technology. Good thing about startup, you, you have a very latest technology in your stack. A lot of people come here is try to do something they haven't done before. So the learning opportunity. The other thing is we always talk to the team is you can really accelerate your learning a lot faster uh, in startup world because your job scope is not very narrow, is not defined. You can do uh, multiple things. I, I personally think the learning speed is a lot faster. This is, yeah, a lot of good reasons. I, I can tell, yeah, you've hired people at startups because, yes, you can't compete necessarily on the total comp that a big company has, but you have the technology, you want people to passionate about the mission, mm -hmm. and, yeah, you have exposed to do a lot of things. So I think that's really good. Could you share with us in your career, what's a lesson you've learned as an engineering leader? So I think a couple of things. When I first become an engineer manager, I think one lesson when I was in you know, early PayPal days, I become an engineer leader was first time ever is actually my PayPal life. And up till today, the time my mentor and my manager, the one thing he told me is still resonating very well. And he said, happy, a strong manager, a manager people respect you is you actually know how to make hard decisions. You are not able to please everyone to make everyone happy. So I tell you the lesson I learned in the first in the few years. I very care about, as I said, I'm a very people person, right? One thing is I always care about how people think about me. You know, I want to make everyone happy in the team. You know? At the beginning, yes, we have a few people in the, in the team, yes, is a low performer. Some years could be a low performer on the techno side. Some people is not low performer, but just not the jail with team from culture perspective i knew this i you know one thing is i have a good sense i knew my team i knew those people but i was not willing to do anything about it because i'm not willing to make hard decisions so i don't want people to think i'm not nice i actually make you know people lose a job or whatever you think so I took a very long time. Finally, I realized something I have to do about it, right? So I finally made a decision, but, but it took me a very long time to make a decision as a first-time manager. So what a consequence for that is, along the way, I actually lose some respect for other people in the team. They look at the manager, you know the issues, but you don't want to do anything. And I actually, in, in fact, some top form in my team starting to leave in company, you know, or transfer to another team, right? So this is one lesson I learned and I always recall back now, I actually teach my uh, leadership team and mentor other leaders, especially for the young leaders, first stepping to managers. That's, that's why my mentor always told me, people, a manager, people will follow you, respect you, is they will see you make the right decision for the teams. And sometimes decision could be hard, but people still respect you. But but it's not the people you just want to make everyone happy and it doesn't make decisions. I, I think that's great. Yeah, because the other members of the team, they know. They know that someone is not performing. And then they're like, yeah. well, why, why haven't you done anything? Absolutely. So yeah, I was going to ask you, what's your advice for managers just starting out? But it sounds like your advice would be to be able to make tough decisions. Mm -hmm. 
you have any other advice for new managers? A lot of people that listen to Managers Club are new to management or want to get into it. Yeah, I do think it's important is to get to know your people. I think that's, you know, one of the things is, and I guess the other thing is, well, get to know your people. And once you get to know your people, mm-hmm. you actually can build a lot more trust with your team and it also help you to less micromanage. So I think the first first time manager, even myself, even so funny, even today, my husband still think I'm micromanage, but I don't think I'm micromanage. In the early days, it is, because especially if, if, if from your engineer, individual become a manager, your 10 things, the stuff happening is you jump in, help them to solve any problem. Because you said, I've done that before, I know how to do it, right? I, I remember that's also a lesson I learned during my first few years in PayPal. Sometimes we have a very tight deadline, okay? And we actually need to deliver. And I tend to, you know, want to jump in to do stuff with the team. Or sometimes they just sit next to them and say, are you down? You know, what's happening? <laughs> you know, all those things. It, it actually adds unnecessary pressure to the team. I think that's also a lesson. So one thing is I would say to ease your own anxiety, to not be a control freak, is to get to know your people. So once you get to know your people, you actually, you feel you trust them more and then you know they, they got it and they will be able to do themselves without if they are obviously if they need a support you will always be there as a manager you want to support your team i think that's also a device we need especially when you manage it that's that's balance you have to manage when to know when to let it go i think that's great that's just fantastic fantastic <laughs> advice you, you manage a very large engineering organization you say you have like 700 people there so what's your work day like how do you manage your time meetings, all the things you have to do. Yeah. So uh, so for Everbridge, I spend a lot of time actually working with a lot of work with a leadership team, especially my chief product officer as a counterpart and also the, the sales side and also professional service. And also we I work very close with a corporate strategy team as well. Everbridge acquired a lot of company in the last few years. And we always also every year our goal is also merge acquisition for a few companies. So there is a lot of due diligence need to do with all, all the company too. But most I spend a lot of time with product uh, leadership team and, and the strategy team and also the um, sales team to really help to understand what is the customer pain point. Again, I always says product technology have to build something to really solving customer problems, right? Otherwise, if we just build everything, blindly and it doesn't deliver any customer value is not going to do good things for the company so we do a lot of those kind of collaboration personally i I was on a call with a lot of big customer too to really listen to understand that stuff that's one part of my job second job is really to look at um there's a lot of a technology initiative which is not necessary immediately have a revenue impact but we need to do it just to as i earlier mentioned just to keep everybody to stay competitive okay so it's a 20 years old company we have a lot of modernization work need to be done for example we have a lot of our core product still in monolith so we need to modernize them to bring them to microservice and we are behind a lot on the API side. So our API was okay, but a lot of API was not stable. We don't have a great version control. And then right now we're starting to do a lot of partnership with other company. Without a proper stable <laughs> API, it's, it's hard, right? So that's one initiative we're driving to. And the third one is really is actually starting to invest more and accelerate the data, you know, AI machine learning stuff. So we have a lot of data, a lot of critical event data, and the company 
we are still majority of the time we're doing is notification. And when things happen, we alert you, we notify you. But we have so much data, we really can turn this to be a forecast and we pre-notify you. It will be nice. You will get those kind of forecasts, pre-alerts, you know, have tell you, you might be in danger zone, right? You might be have the weather can come in, Wi-Fi, right? Instead of happening, we alert you. We need to tend to pre-alert you before things are even happening. But there is a lot of work to be done to look at all the historic data events, how to figure out, apply what kind of machine learning models to do stuff. So those are those are another, spend a lot of time in the work with my engineering leadership to figure out how we actually accelerate those strategic and technical initiative to help companies stay competitive and move to another generation of the product. And the third piece is really is to, to building a strong engineer culture and the brand to really help the company to transform a little more from sales-driven. Everbridge is more a sales-driven company in the last you know, decade, but we really want to move this to a more product-led, technology-driven, customer-focused company. So there's a lot of a transformation, education need to be done at the exact level and also building a strong engineer voice, cultural brand within Everbridge. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time, it sounds like, on talking with customers, understanding the product, strategic items like technology stuff and all that. That's awesome. Is there a personal habit you mm-hmm. feel that contributes to your success? Personal habit. I would say myself is very, sounds like I'm boring, but but I do think of myself as very goal-driven, also very persistent. I, I don't easily give up things and when I set a goal and I'm not afraid of challenge and I will always walking towards. Obviously, at some time when you realize this something is in the wrong path, you will pivot to the right path. But in general, I'm very goal-driven and I'm very execution-focused and I'm very persistent to get things done regardless there's a you know obstacle along the world and that the other things i also feel myself is very adaptable i think it's an important situation because it's the, the world is dynamic right and you have to be able to manage through a lot of different difficult situation and things changing dynamic i think you need to be able to adapt the way you working with the people adapt to putting different process and adapt your thinking because different company different stage it started things different in fact i was always working to start a company when things i especially a lot of early stage start a company a business model keep pivotal right before we can really find the market fit so there was a lot of time you just have to be able to adapt to different situation and if things happening is not the way you have to do different things you just have to be calm because I know some people live it very easy to stress out. So I'm not very easy to stress out. I guess this part is one thing. I, I try to remain calm and um, be confident and I try to work through challenges. That's great. Are there any, I don't know, internet resources, apps or tools maybe that you find really useful uh, in your job that we'd like to share with people at Manager's Club? Well, actually, just from, from a hiring perspective, I love LinkedIn. <laughs> so, I know you're welcome to LinkedIn. I, I think this is a... Good answer. <laughs> one of, uh, actually, my favorite. I, I know there was a lot of uh, recruiting tools out there, right? One of the other recruiting tools I, I used quite a bit before is called Hire.com. It's, it's a matchmaking marketplace. 
But personally, because recording is my passion too, I actually love recording. I always feel find a great talent engineer or leader to join a team, almost like you find a, a diamond, like a jewel diamond. I feel very rewarding to be able to find that person and also convince that person, right, to switch job to come and join you. So many companies, obviously, Everbridge, we're large, so we actually have an official recording team. But a lot of startup company, when you first start, you actually don't have an official recording team. Your manager, usually, like myself, is is heavy recording as well so the one thing is we always rely on getting me i always tell my hr team and my you know cfo getting me recorded seats okay on linking I, I know it's not not cheap it's like a dollars a year whatever but it's so worth it okay so personally if you have the recorded seats you'll be able to using a lot of different filter you be able to find the people on the linking i think it's a wonderful network you know i actually be able to build exactly what i want through a filter to find an engineer to carry all the conversation. So I think LinkedIn is my personally, is, I love this as a recruiting, also networking. I read a lot of, um, a lot of our posting uh, on the LinkedIn feeds is talk about the trends on the technology, on the technology people, process, all the stuff. So I think this is one of the things I love it. I read a lot of article people post on the medium. So there's another one. I, 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 I love it too. Again, you know, posting things, could it be technology, could it be how you lead a team, manage a team, all this stuff. Medium is also the one thing I, I, I constantly read as well. Then I read some other blogs. I, I do actually read um, Have a Business Review. A lot of a leadership you know, concept is from there too. I read a lot of you know, other things. You know, a lot of times random things. Oh, LinkedIn, one thing is they, they always refer you to a different feed. You can move it to a different website to read the stuff. That's great. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely really good advice for someone who's in a startup or even in a bigger company. Have the managers like use LinkedIn, use recruiter accounts. And I'm surprised at some companies People don't do that. That's really key. Speaking of reading, okay, so you like to read Medium. I think it's a great site. All these things are good sites. Is there perhaps a book you would recommend to engineering leaders that you like? Yeah, I have a couple books. I like it. One is more, I don't know if you, you definitely know, uh, because all the people in Silicon Valley know uh, a famous product-led person, Marty Kagan. So I personally is a big fan of Marty Kagan. And I actually even invite uh, him to did a one-hour virtual conversation uh, with Everbridge because we want to really transfer the company to be a part of the company. So Marty Kagan has two books. One is called Inspired, one is called Empowered. So Inspired, the audience mainly is all the engineer product people, but Empowered is about all the people, product leadership team or engineer leadership team, right? It's Empowered. It's really about uh, how we actually building a product is valuable for the company, valuable for the customer. It's really customer you know, driven focus. There was a lot of, in the book, there was a lot of philosophy about you know, customer value stream, a lot about how you organize team, right? How you organize team, how you collaboration between product engineer, how you just convert you from a feature factory. Because a lot of companies, you know, early days, right? People just build features, um, but really is deliver customer value. So those are really good book. So another book I also is Scott has a book called The Messy Middle, Scott Belsky. So I think Scott, I think he is a probably CPO of the Adobe, but he also sit on the board in Globality, one of the company I worked before. The Messy Middle is really, is about, I personally really resonate with very well, it's about, you know, 
how do you handle tough situation? Because you know everything is you, especially you work for a start company, you will have a hard ball throw to you, and everything's changed dynamically. And how do you actually come out of the messy middle road and continue motivate, inspiring team, leading through difficult changes? You know? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the Marty Kagan books, and it's not surprising because you seem to be very product-oriented engineering <laughs> leader, right? Like you're meeting with the customers, you're meeting with your chief product officer, and of course, you're going to like this book because it's product management. That's really great. That Are you so into product? Have you always been that way, or did you get that because you were in many startups and you have to be that way? Uh, maybe just say a little bit about your product focus. Yeah, so I think uh, in, in many startup companies, actually, I run both product and technology altogether. So I think that's also helped. But I think even back to early days, so I was hired at PayPal, was the first engineer on the UI development team. Okay, so I was actually the first official UI engineer in PayPal. And, and, and we also, the front engineer, we work very close with the UI designer product, right? I, I feel like a lot of the back engineer, they probably focus on different areas. But for us, we, we got to make sure we implement the user interface customer delight for all the stuff. So I even back to PayPal days, I, I feel I'm always very close to the product management team and the user experience team to make sure we actually can create a user experience delight customer. And my second role in PayPal is actually is leading the mobile device team on the mobile team in 2009. As, as actually we helped build the first uh, a few mobile with PayPal. Again, this is also very, very Cosmetic. So we are actually partnered with a, it's a small team now, of course. When I, at the time, I think PayPal mobile team is relatively small compared to all other large engineering organizations. So we work very close with the product to understand. So I think the training days, maybe in the PayPal days to really understand the product. After PayPal, I pivoted my career a little bit to the enterprise space, from fintech consumer to mm-hmm. enterprise. So I built the first engineering team for ServiceNow before the IPO. And in that I was very fortunate because not a lot of people had the opportunity to work with the Fred Laddie, the founder of the service now. The time he stepped down from CEO, he is actually chief product officer, CPO. So I was working with him very closely. My role over there is to drive the mobile platform and also second generation UI platform. We are trying to build a HTML5 app on the tablet because at the time a service now doesn't have the mobile app yet. And working with the chief product officer is also found the fair lady is also very awarding experience because we also talk to customers every day. I really think that a year and a half over there is making me even more think technology cannot just building under the dock, right? So we really need to understand what are use cases, what solving problems? Because no matter you're the consumer space or enterprise space, right? You make money from customer, right? You make money is to deliver the value to the customer, especially for enterprise customers, all about renew rate, retention rate, and also the upsell. So your product has really to solving the core of their business problems, then you can keep your upsell rate, retention rate high. That, that's fantastic. No, it totally makes sense now. And, and yes, you are very product focused, which is great. And you're, that's awesome. Could you tell me a little bit, what is your approach to developing members of your team? People that report to you, how do you work with them to maybe get them to the next level? In their yeah, careers? yeah. Great question. Well, developing people is also, there is a lot of a 
there was some part of a leadership job I, you know, personally is not excited about. For example, if we look at the budget, how we cut the budget, <laughs> but some part of it is I really love it. So one is we talk quite a bit about how to recruit talent, but second piece is develop people. So I always, I know people ask me questions. I have, you know, when did you decide to move from IC role to first time become manager? Because there's always transition. Because when I was in the IC role, I'm also a pretty good developer. <laughs> I love writing code. And it's funny, when I was a UI engineer in PayPal, I used to hold the record. I fixed like 500 bucks within two months. I had the most, I fixed the most bugs in the team. So I love that part too. But the moment actually really I see myself, I maybe will like management job. Every time I see my team get promoted, okay, they get to next level. I feel so, you know, rewarding. I feel rewarding more than myself get promoted. I think that moment I realized I love to develop people. I love to see people to accelerate their career, to get to the next level, even more than myself. Develop people, I always told my leaders, is it, um, a collaboration, okay? So I, I told a, I told our team, yes, career, career development team plan is not one-way street. First, you have to motivate yourself, right? Because you, if you just, you know, ask manage to create a plan for you, if yourself doesn't have the goal, doesn't want to achieve, it's not going to work, okay? That's why some companies says, well, there's an OKR goal, you need to achieve 100 you need 100% of your team member have a career development plan. I usually don't like that approach because it's not about the goal, 100%. It's about how many people they want to develop themselves and then you'll manage to help support them. So assume you have your team member, they really want to work and you know, develop a plan, they want to know you're happy and I here's what I want to go and I want to achieve my career goal in next you know, short term, term. Then I will put in a lot of a uh, time with that person to really study to evaluate where they are today and to figure out the skill gap and then really find every single way you can to actually give them an opportunity to develop that skill. So this is something I think is a management job because once you identify the skill gap and the people agree that you have to develop skill gap, I think it's manager job to really give them opportunity to help them to develop skill, right? Because if you don't give them opportunity to develop, they will never get there. So that means sometimes you would take risk for your people. You will give them a task. They may not be able to right there do it, but you let them do it. Because even if they fail, you are there supporting them. So I did it. It's my manager did for me before too. So sometimes uh, they push me and give me a task. I would say, oh, I don't think I can do it. I feel like this is way beyond I have ever done that before. But good manager will tell you happy, do it. No, I believe in you. If you fail, I will be there supporting you. So those are very important. So you need to take a risk for some of your people, help them develop their key skill. And the last one is just promote your people. I using every single way to promote my team, to promote my leader, public, small audience, large audience. I think everyone needs a sponsor. Sponsorship is very important from a leadership level. And then I would say last one is be honest and direct. That's my style too. And sometimes things doesn't work. You got to give them a constructive feedback in the real time, okay? Because otherwise they were never developing. I see some managers, it's harder to give a constructive feedback, but they will tell me, oh, we're happy. I don't think that working. And I will first ask, did you tell, did you tell the person? Did you give the example? They said, uh, no. And, and I also, you know, realized that the real time is, is most important because if you give a feedback a month later, it's not effective. Usually after meeting, I will put some people, can I give you some feedback on the meeting? Because I think you should do this way or that way. So I think those coaching ability to be able to give direct constructive feedback is also important to develop your people. 
I, I think that's just fantastic what you said. Yes. Like I like that after a meeting or told them that, hey, can I give you some feedback? Like yeah. immediately the managers who wait and they're uncomfortable and it's when yeah. someone gets the year end review, only then they get the feedback. That's not very good. And, and and I love what you shared about how you got into management. I didn't ask you, but some people get into management for a good reason. Some people get into management for bad reasons. And mm-hmm. you got into management for a fantastic reason because you, <laughs> oh, like, you. You, you like developing people. You were happy to see them develop, which I think is a very great reason. I, I, I love that. I, I have just one more question for you. What do you think it takes to make a great engineering leader? What it takes to be a great engineering leader? I, I think, again, I feel first, you need to be a right motivation to be a leader, okay? Management, I, I would tell people, is not about the glory, okay? It, there, is a, there is a good part of management, there is a bad part of management, okay? A lot of time, I also remember sometimes in the early beginning, my transition to manager, sometimes I feel a little lost too, because I feel the the sense of the, you know, because when you engineer, right, you feel you're measurable. Wow, I got this feature launched. I accomplished, I solved this challenge problem. I helped team, I helped company launch this product. But manager actually doesn't really have a lot of this concrete results, okay? And sometimes you come back home, oh, what did I do today? I spent eight hours in meetings talking about stuff. Did I write a code? No. Did I do this? No. So I think... um. Not everyone like those jobs. That's why you will see people who actually perform IC become manager in the end and say, no, manage not me. I go back to IC. So I think first I would suggest people, everyone wants to go to management, really need to understand what you're getting into. And is, is that job is going to motivate you? Okay. And, and for me, it's motivating because I, when I bypass that in, initial, the you know, blueness, I fantastic feel like developing people, launch, help the team, see the teams getting a lot of recognition is more important. So then the second thing is, I really think the engineering leaders is you have to study from base, focus on people. I think it's very important because every company always says people is a foundation. I feel very fortunately, I always have a lot of follower from one company to another company because every time I change job, people say, are you hiring? I think develop that strong relationship with your team is go so long away. And they may not follow you to another next company immediately. They could follow you to a few other companies, right? So you always get those group of people you can, you know, trust fantastic and you can do things together. So how do you build those relationships? You, you, you basically focus on people and uh, help them developing and also groom together and that they can also help you to execute so i always says the company if, if the team culture is good if the people trust the leadership they work above and beyond by themselves right you don't need to ask them to do things they will just do that things for you if you don't focus on uh, the people you don't have a clear developing goal for them or you even doesn't have a clear goal for the teams and the team a lot of people is going to last especially when a tough situation happening they are not going to glue together the last one i would say is engineer leaders you also have to constantly developing Okay, I believe I personally love learning. The other thing, I do a lot of linking self-learning videos also important. I use learning uh, opportunity material video on LinkedIn as well. So I think things change. How you lead a team, let's say when I was in PayPal, right? That's 15 years ago. How I lead a team back then, they how I lead a team today. It's so different. Not even just, you know, every company, not even just team size different. I mean, people involved, all the engineers, like 15 years ago how engineer work together the process versus today how engineer work together the process 
is different. Also technology is different, right? So I think as a leader, you always have self-developing as well to understand how to, because we all want, every agent leader right, want to build a high-performing team. You execute, result-driven, achieve goal. But how to get there, every company is different. Every year could be different, right? Every couple of years is different, right? Because the, the nature of the market, you know, the company, and also the technology, the dynamic, the team personality. So 15 years ago, they are just, uh, they're probably still in elementary school. So you, you actually work with a different dynamic engineer team personality too because of, of all the different things. So I think self-learning also is very important. These are all great things. And I think it obviously reflects great credit on you. you it's such a people-focused engineering leader so that people will follow you from company to company. That's like the highest compliment, right? Anyone could pay, right? That they follow you. So I, don't feel like, I feel pretty lucky on that part. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing, I just not only just engineer, I always tell people you got to be passionate about what you're doing. So mm -hmm. that's always, we are quite a while too. So we use the work together a little bit too. So I think the positive image is very important for a leader to be confident, to be positive, and to be people have to see your energy. People have to see your passion, what you're doing. I think those naturally can influence your team and your peers, you know, even your upper management. No, I agree. Yeah, that's very important. Okay, Happy, you've been really generous with your time. You've shared a lot of really valuable things. It's great to catch up with you. And if people wanted to reach out to you, learn more about you or any of the opportunities that you have, what would be the best way for them to reach? Definitely, I can share my, oh, reach me on LinkedIn. I always on LinkedIn. So message me on LinkedIn. So I, uh, I check on LinkedIn message pretty often. But yeah, so I also can share my email and my my phone numbers. If you 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 want to, I can give to you. But I would say what well, LinkedIn message probably is, is sufficient enough to reach me. Yeah. Awesome. Listen, Happy, thank you again so much for coming. And I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. If you like this episode, please visit managersclub.com for additional interviews, resources, transcripts, and to join the managersclub.com group on LinkedIn.